How's it going, everybody? And welcome to episode five of the Lloyd Twins podcast with Jackie Fox. Just a quick heads up before we get into the episode. This conversation does contain some discussion around some sensitive topics like mental health and suicide. So we just wanted to give a quick warning before we get into it. So please stick around and we hope you enjoy the episode. Jackie Fox, thank you very much for coming down and jumping on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. We have an opening tradition with a question that our previous guest left for you to answer. So we'll start off with that before we get into all the fun stuff. <laughs> So my last guest was Megan Wren, and her question was, what's one piece of advice you would give to your younger self? Oh, geez. And I, I almost feel bad about it, yeah, yeah, because we said this when Meg asked the question, like, oh, I can't wait to hear this. I feel like you've lived nine lives by this. <laughs> oh my God, that's put me on the spot. Everything to my younger selves, and... Um... <laughs> and I know... And yeah, again. we can come back to it. <laughs> Well, but if we go back to that time, and I'm not going to ask the way age are because uh, we were raised nice, or you know, raised really. But well, put it this way, I should be at home knitting. So, talk to us a little bit about Jackie before life as a mother and all that other stuff. Like, where did you grow up and what kind of things were you into? Um, I'm originally from Tala, and we used to go, uh, when we got older, we used to uh, go out drinking in and Malloy's mm-hmm. in Tana Village, yeah, that was there, that was like a diva at the tour. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, no, I was just, I had a lot of friends in school. Um, I didn't particularly like school that much, but I went because I used to have great fun with my friends yeah, and yeah. stuff and all. But um, yeah, no, I never gave any trouble or, or anything like that. It was just, I was just a happy, yeah. go lucky and giant. And then as I got older then, and um, it's the experiment going out and drinking and stuff and all that. I don't drink now. And really? I drank when I was when we were out. So you got the system, maybe? Yeah. It's a boring after the been just gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no, just uh, everything was fine. Like, in little, but yeah, friends and happy family. My mum and dad were great. And, you know, we used to go on holidays all around Ireland. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it just, just, what part of salad did you grow up in? In when I was originally um, in Azelbeg. Um, I don't know that one. Yeah, <laughs> then I moved to Oban and I went to Oban school then. Ah, okay. Yeah, so. Growing up, aside from a mother, was there anything that you wanted to be? Um, you know, uh, I, I was I wanted to be a teacher. Though I had okay. did, I did do qualifications for an SNA and stuff. Yeah, all, yeah. but then things got in the way and um, there and and you know. Um, no, no, nothing in particular. I loved um, the likes of uh, drawing and art and stuff and all. So I did a lot of mm. uh, a lot of stuff like that. But um, yeah, no, probably a teacher. And um, but then as you know, again, yeah, uh, and then, I think yeah. a teacher's a a good label to put on what you're up to nowadays yeah. and the kind of stuff you do. <laughs> yeah. Well, ways. it's funny that I, what I wanted to be, and now I go into schools and yeah, see showing what kind of skills and most teachers. Yeah, <laughs> I'm reliving my. <laughs> so consciously you never yeah. let it go <laughs> yeah. and they're not responsible for the kids either when you do go so Jackie I know obviously you've been on plenty of podcasts and told these stories a lot of times and like before we get into anything I just want to kick off by saying like me and Lee and even our family have just had so many words of like more gratitude and amazement than anything else that obviously what you've been through but what you've managed to do with that and I suppose 
how you put if you call it a positive but like a positive spin on the whole situation and taking things to where they're at now so I know we'll get into all but I just want to say in advance like thank you for coming on and being open and willing to share this and share your message and get this out there because I don't even know what the ripple effect impact will be for not even in our lifetime like the lifetimes that will live on beyond this you know that way it's amazing so thank you for the courage absolutely 100% I think that was I have absolutely no control over this but I think if we if we could rewrite the dictionary and rewrite the definition of strength and resilience, I would just put a picture of Jackie Fox in there. <laughs> because what you have been able to do over the past few years, not even just in terms of the legislation rather that would go into it, but pulling yourself out of the bed and facing the world after. That was the, that was like, the hard. I can't even begin to imagine yeah. how that, what that process looks like. Yeah, that was. And to see you sitting here today smiling and coming in and hugging and like, it's just a breath of fresh air and it's, it's a real pleasure to sit down and chat with you. So, so Jackie, I want to go back before. Uh, what? How long has it been now? Actually, since Nicole passed away, and um, it's going to be six years uh, in January. January yeah. Six years. So, growing up like childhood as Nicole, I know yeah. you used to tell so many stories about what she was like as a kid. How bad of a singer yeah. <laughs> she was. So, <laughs> Just tell us a little bit about her. <laughs> yeah. She didn't care. Yeah. I don't have to say a dance, but she was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a bit about Nicole growing up and oh, what that was like. Growing up, and um, I have two boys at home, and, yeah. and and Nicole was my only little girl. And was she the middle child or uh, she the sold eldest? That's right, yeah. And um, growing up, she was uh, she was always she was funny. She was always up to mischief, you know, when she was <laughs> a child, and she was lively. And um, she'd got a lot of friends growing up. And she, you know, she's a great personality. She never suffered with um anything like mental health issues or anxiety that all happened when when yeah. the bullying started and yeah she was a, a horrendous singer but at the time <laughs> and she loved Drake and Tupac and Chris Brown nice, and nice. Um, Biggie Small and Justin Bieber. <laughs> nice mix there, nice mix. <laughs> but um, we had a mobile home in Courtown in Wexford and we, we, we would drive down to Courtown and the boys would be sitting in the back of the car and Nicole would be sitting beside me in the front and she'd have her earphones on listening to Chris Brown and Biggie Small and all that. And although it took about an hour and 10 minutes to drive down to Wexford, it was the longest. Yeah, so like <laughs> Because I couldn't hear the music. She could only hear the music. Yeah, yeah. Pump, but we could only hear Nicole's voice. And it was so bad. And the boys used to be in the back saying, oh, I'm singing and bushing. She didn't care. But uh, even down in Courtown, that was then... Um, we used to go down and say midterm or bank holidays or all through the summer. So the same friends would always come yeah, down, yeah. and that's where she had a great group of friends. But oh, we used to spend hours on the beach and crab fishing and jumping off the pier into the sea with our armbands on until they got older, and then we'd out their armbands. And yeah, you know, we'd, there was a forest down the end of the road, and we'd go into the forest at one or two in the morning, and it'd be pitch dark, and we'd only have we'd all only have a little torch and a stick, but we'd always get up, you know, go off the trail, yeah, yeah and get yeah. lost on purpose, even <laughs> in the forest. And the cold saying, "Man, you know, do do you know where we are?" And I go, "Yeah, what do you have?" Yeah, <laughs> and the only way we found our way out of the forest was to listen to the sound of the sea. And once we heard the noise of the sea, we knew that would lead us back to the beach and back to the car. Well, you know, we could have been in there for hours, and we still trying to listen now for nothing. Another funny moment um, was that uh, we had a set of swings inside the, the mobile home, and Nicole was sitting on the swing, and you know she was holding the rope and leaning back, and she would have had the hair down to about here. And as she was swinging, um, her hair was trailing along along the grass, and a hedgehog 
with a royal need and it tangled in her hair. But if she had to just stayed still for two minutes, I would have gotten the, yeah. the hedgehog up. Yeah. Oh, she was the, the, the roars there, which I was going to eat her, you know. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was, you know, she was, um, oh, she was cheeky, not fun to lie. And I mm-hmm. got up and said many times I'd run up the stairs after her, you know, in an argument and she'd still, she'd still have to get the last word in, you know. Oh, yeah. But, I'm sure she doesn't make it off a stone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what my mom always says, I think. Yeah, I wonder where she picked that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I know she was, you know, in school, she was like, she, she wasn't mad at in school, do you know what I mean? But um, she was uh, she was brilliant at maths and um, she used to help her younger brother all the time with maths. He hadn't got a clue about maths and she used to help him. Well, she did. She was planning on being an accountant or something to do with, yeah. with, with the figures and she had a lot of uh, plans to travel and stuff and all. But yeah, she didn't, yeah. she didn't get to do any of those things, you know. Um, what, was the, uh, what was the age gap between her and the brothers? And... <clears throat> um, Dean was two and a half years younger than her, and then Lee was four years younger than Dean. Right, right. Oh, yes. Yes, that. Great name, by the way, Lee. Good choice. Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I know, um, grown up, was it always in Bono? Was that where you lived? Grown up, or did you just move around a little bit initially? No, um, the, the, kids the kids were always from, from, from Bono. Bono. Um, um, when you were in... Do you know West Cor- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In West Ah, yeah. Deadly. And in Cortown, the group of friends that she had, would that have been friends from down in Cortown, or would yeah. it have been people from Bono? Uh, just from, from Cortown, they could just have been from, from anywhere, and yeah. it's just because we're in the mobile home, so, yeah, you know, they just yeah. from anywhere, and that's where she made our real our group of friends for, for years, like, growing up. We had the, the mobile home for 16 years. Okay. okay. Lots of memories. I, yeah. Oh, and so much memories, and that's where I live now as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can tell even the way you talk about it, you can tell it's a real happy place. Yeah. Oh, just so much, so much memories. They were that was you know if I could turn back to time and and do all that part again, I I I do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah, it was just you know you never you never imagine what what's ahead of you, you know. And yeah, yeah. yeah so but no, that was three years. Yeah, and I know you mentioned there was no. Growing up, there was no signs of like mental health issues or anything like that. We would have seen Nicole because we're all from Bon Oak from around there. And like, I can vouch, like, anytime I seen her, she was with groups of friends, you know, like it was that. There was a nearly always music fan. Yeah, it's found true, actually. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't singing though, I know, because that, it was that bad effort. Like, growing up, seeing her from around the place, like, there was always friends around. She was always in a group. She was at the little youth clubs that we'd all go to and stuff like that. So, like, it seems like growing up, she had a let's say a happy childhood, little happy times growing up. And she had another um, set of friends as well. She was in karate to treat treat the kids. Oh, okay. And she she should have been going for a black belt, but um, she was the the English champion, and um, and she she both like so many fights uh, of competitions mm. all over Ireland. She was the All Ireland champion and England as well, like in a few different places in England. Like so, she she loved the. Nice. I know she was only small as well, so she. No, yeah. I five foot, and she always, she always had the claim she was five foot one. Oh, this. <laughs> she wasn't because my mum measured all the kids a rice cream box. Yeah. <laughs> so she was, she was bag on five foot. <laughs> we had to claim. Damn it! Did the hours when the Roger comes out, stick the heels on. Yeah. <laughs> so what was the let's say turning point that you know was for the call, or when did things start to shift from like happy go lucky, rooting the call to obviously shift the gears. It was actually when she was 
um, sending. Seven. And when Morzo ate it, she she used to go into the the, the village inn in Kildare, but she couldn't wait to get to to Diva at this time, and yeah. and you had to be eighteen. And now don't get me wrong, she used to go down a few weeks before, and she'd get dressed up in her makeup, and she'd go down to the same place with the same bells around the door, and every week he'd say no, because the next week she'd do it again. But she couldn't wait until she reached the age of eighteen, and she she she'd go down to this nightclub with with um. Rent. Her friends, to, uh, she was friends with at the time with uh, a boy, mm-hmm. and um, they would go down to the nightclub, and anything was fine for for the good a good few months. And it wasn't until it started off with two people in particular, and um, as I said, Nicole was eighteen, so the main person, the main person that actually targeted Nicole at the time was about the tree. So we're not talking about. School kids are, are anything oh, yeah. like that, and it, it all started because um, this main person, and um, she liked Nicole's friend, and the only way she could get closer to this boy was to make friends with Nicole, and that's what she did, and everything was fine. But it wasn't until she realised that the boy he didn't want to be with her, he didn't want to go out with her, and she hated that she couldn't stand the fact that Nicole was still coming down and you know with her best friend and having yeah, a night yeah. and didn't want to be with her, and. Um, so things start changing around, you know, she started, as I said, it started off with two people and um, one of them has since moved to England where her man had disowned her because of what yes. happened to the cold. But um, her man had got all the, the proof and evidence of all the threats and everything on, and sent them to me. And her man said, why, why, why is, what was the reason for picking on Nicole? And the only answer they gave was jealousy. So everything that happened to Nicole was just due to this main girl who could not be able to be with the boy. And it started off with little things, you know, Nicole put a drink on the table and they'd knock it off and, you know, say, oh, sorry and stuff. But um, then it started to get more serious and they started to stick um, cigarettes um, in, onto her skin. Like, you know, in the smoking area, they'd stick cigarettes into her. I know everything that happened didn't have all happen in the one night or the yes, three. Yeah. They constantly, constantly bullied her for three and a half years. Um, at, at the start, it was physical abuse. But they also... Um, one night, Nicole was coming um, out of the bathroom and two of these people started to walk towards Nicole but they pushed her so hard with a force that they, they knocked her into the corner of a table and actually dislocated um, Nicole's hip. And in the in one of the pubs in the village inn, and there was a, a flight a, a flight of stairs yeah. and one of them, just as she was about to walk down, one of them got her by the hair and literally bounced her down the steps. And... As I told him, Nicole loved to sing and dance and she'd be up on the dance floor and she'd be dead. But these people would gather around her and they'd be dancing, like pretending to be dancing and they'd give her an elbow in the face or, you know, and they'd knock her down to the floor. But they were very clever, even when they were born in her with the smoke stingy, they'd be clever because they'd say, oh my God, sorry, Cole. Yeah, you know, you're so smart, we didn't see it. And they'd help her up. But um, to everyone else that's looking around, yeah. it looked like an accident, you know. But um, not when you do a, you know, one, two, three, four, five, ten. She didn't only go to the same nightclub, you know, to get away from them, she'd go to to different nightclubs. But you know what the likes of the acts that are around you yeah. are? Yeah. And people telling them, you know, it's easy to find out where people are going, but they, they used to follow her down just to, um, just to hurt her. And that was the, the, the physical abuse. And, um, you know, another time it was, uh, you know, spar around the corner from my nook. Um, yeah. This bar was like Cherry Wood, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, in Cherrywood, she 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 said, Mum, I'm just going to the shop and I said, Jack Rand and I got distracted. I can't remember what I was doing. 
but um, she never made it to the shop. And I ran her because I knew she was longer than what she should really? be. And I ran that. But she, she ran into three of these people that were from the nightclub. And they beat her up. Um, but they said that they made a fake profile page called Saoirse. And on that, they said that they were never going to leave her alone and that they were going to beat her up so badly and leave her on life support. And um, yeah, that was the, the physical beat before the, even the mental abuse yeah. under anything started, you know? Yeah. And so the, it started off in the kind of like lights out nightclub setting. Yeah. And then, because everyone involved in this kind of lived within a sort of very close area of each other. Yeah. Would it be often that she'd bump into them outside of nightclubs and would it always end in like a, a bad situation for her? No, not often because she would kind of avoid um, going out. She didn't really go out that much. She'd go to the pictures or whatever, yeah. but she, she, she wouldn't. She'd actually text me from her room and I knew when I'd see the name Jackers. Yeah. Uh, there's local for something. She'd go, Yup, Jackers. <laughs> and are we going to Mackers in her room? <laughs> but um, yeah, she wouldn't she wouldn't be in a situation where she'd run into them a lot yeah. outside. Yeah. Just to pull it back, she would have grown up obviously in Bono. Did she go to the Indrath? And um, yeah. School. So like she probably would have been with these people from the age of like 12, 13, all the way up until. No. Um, yeah, no. Did she? Oh, yes. She, she was three years old. So going through school and all, there was no issues with like no, bullying or anything like that. It was only afterwards. When she started so essentially when she became an adult yeah. was when yeah. this all kicked in. Yeah. As married. Mine in school. And during that period of time where like the, so obviously the way I describe it, it's like, it's obvious now that it was bullying. Mm-hmm. But the way they went about it, it sounds like it was one of those where it's like, is it like they were playing it off as if it was accidental, but there yeah. was like something more. It was only, well, we knew what was happening, John. Mm-hmm. They were only playing it off in front of other people, yeah. like, you know, and, and they'd always apologize, you know, yeah. but they kept constantly, constantly doing it, you know. And was Nicole like, would she come home and tell you about this? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Yeah. And it started off with two people, but then it's, it's so much easier to buddy. So, someone in a group uh, that it is yeah. on your own. So um, this person um, kind of formed formed the group. Yeah. It did start off with, say, six or seven people, but halfway through it was probably about 15. But there was only a good 25 people at the end, but not as... It was mainly six or seven people mm-hmm. that did, did, did the main bullying. The rest just kind of joined in, but not... Still bad enough, but not as bad as the, the, the fourth screen. As that was happening... It was something that I picked up on in a few of the interviews or talks you were given about things. And I always wonder, like, why did she keep going back to the nightclubs, you know? Or why didn't she stop? And I know you mentioned that she was quite like, I'm not going to let them stop me. I'm not going to let them win, like, give them what they want. Sure, she used to, as I said, she didn't suffer from anxiety yeah. or anything like that. And she'd only go out on a Saturday night and, and she, she'd be upstairs and she'd be getting ready and she'd have her makeup on and her dress on. But then I would hear her throwing up in the bathroom and... You know, I always went up and I'd be holding her hair back when she, she strolled up and I always said to her, Cold, you know, just stay in. And I, you know, I, I knew she'd be fine if she stayed in. And she always said, no, ma'am, um, why should I have to stay in? Um, she should be able to go out and have a laugh. And she was right. Yeah. But she, she would always go out with that fake smile. She, she had a beautiful, beautiful big smile, you know. And <clears throat> but she'd always go out with that pretend smile on her face, that fake, fake mask that she put on. Yeah. And she'd always say, I'm not going to let these people in. And she would, like the sides where she'd still go down and she'd still dance and she'd still have a drink. And well, she sometimes she'd go down to the nightclub and she'd probably last an hour 
and she'd ring me and she'd say, quick, mum, quick, go and get me, or maybe two hours, and I, I would never go to bed when oh, you know, nerves, yeah. oh, I'd be like sick with worry, and, and I'd just, I'd fly down and, and get up from the floor, and she'd be crying, she'd cry herself to sleep every night, feeling just as, as bad, yeah. um, when she woke up the next morning. That, that was the physical abuse, and then, obviously, I went to the mental abuse then as well. Can I just ask before we go into this sort of online space, and obviously only go into as much detail as you feel comfortable here, but what is it like as a mother watching your child go through sort of ring? So it's, it, you're, it, you're just so hairless. Um, with the, when they made the, the fake profile page and they were physically funny um, her, we did go to the guards and um, Nicole stood in front of the guard and then she turned to me and she said, Mum, um, I can't make a statement against these. Imagine the guards going to, to their house. And they're not kids, remember? So these are adults, you know? Yeah. And she said, man, they'd kill me. And she was terrified to make a statement against the, the physical abuse because they were bad enough. You know what they were doing now? She just, she just said, man, they'd kill me. Little, little did I know what was, what was going to happen. What else, what else had the call got going on in life at, at that time? Was she working or was she studying or doing anything? No, she wasn't. She, she was, she's just not long out of school and she just, she's just ready to, like at the age of 18, yeah, she's been fun to that fun at this stage, you know, and. Yeah. Um, the star of the next phase of life, yeah. Yeah, you know, she should have been doing what she wanted to do and stuff, but no, then it, it started fairly quickly after school, like from going into the club and, and things just went down, you know, so. She, yeah. It is, it's quite unique in the sense that normally if you think of bullying it's like 14 yeah. or 16 like it's it's a very like, immature it, I'm not saying this wasn't an immature thing but yeah. you associate it with young kids who don't know any better I always say yeah it's like a, a playground or school yeah, or, yeah, like, like it's, it's you know bullying it's like they tortured her yeah, yeah, yeah. mentally and physically hurt her you know it's it's. I do say bullying but you know? yeah 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 down to less what it was yeah. 100% so you mentioned that was kind of the physical abuse star. Tell us a bit about, I suppose, the next phase of that, the online side of things. And I think it's because she still went out with that smile on her face and still danced and, mm. and she, she was stubborn, you know. <laughs> 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 she but, um, <clears throat> so she still went out with the smile on her face and stuff. So um, I think they always thought, well, we're not, getting, we're not getting to her, you know. And then it did go online. They made... Um, <clears throat> Uh, what's that page though, do you think? Yeah, of course. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. I always, <laughs> whenever we're doing podcasts, I know we like, have to be curious about how much water I drink because it just goes through you. It's such a small battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you need a toilet break around, you can just. And um, they made a WhatsApp page um, group. And obviously, the call wasn't invited into this group, but eventually, our friend Kara was. And Kara's seen everything with it. They shared a video of um, some some girl, some random girl, where her face blurred out, and this girl was with three other men. But they shared that all over social media, saying, "Look what Nicole is doing." And every day, or constantly, um, they they send their stuff. You know, the likes of Snapchat, where um, things would disappear after ten seconds or whatever. And but they'd send it, and Nicole never, never once responded to them. She never answered them back because they would have been waiting on that. Well, you know. And um, but every day they they say go hang yourself and slit your wrist, you know everyone hates you. And they sent out they, they always said their videos of a loops and um, of YouTube and of how to hang yourself. And so this was uh, 
you know, from the, she, she had the, the physical abuse and now it's just mental abuse was just uh, getting on top of her. And, the, and it wasn't only the physical abuse and then you had the mental abuse. But, you know, when Nicole was in the nightclub, I'm not just saying this because she wasn't a girl, but she was gorgeous going out, you know, and she would get attention from other boys and they hated that. They hated the fact that she would, that, you know, some other lad be chatting her up and they'd go over and, and say whatever they were saying to the boy and he'd, he'd go away from her. So what was happening to my funny, beautiful, lively little girl was she was spending all the time in my room, the physical abuse, the mental abuse, the rejection because they were making sure that Nicole wasn't going to be with anyone and t- trying to take anyone away from Nicole. And then the loneliness because she started to spend a lot of time in her room and she'd start to sleep a lot. Um, she'd watch Netflix, she, she'd cry herself to sleep. Um, you know, it was really, really starting to, to get her down and... One evening I walked into into Nicole's bedroom and she had pyjama shorts on and she, she this is over the space of the three and a half years, mm. she'd get her nail and she'd start self-harm and then she'd dig her nails so deep into her skin, you know, until they bled and sometimes on her stomach, but it wasn't then, eventually she was sticking them into her face. She, it, we both didn't know what to do. Do you know, we're not, as I said, you can't go to the school and get them suspended or whatever. Like, these are, That's... these are evils. And, and the fear, in the cult took an overdose um, in 2015 and be- because of this bullying. And um, I brought her to the hospital and the doctor said to her in the hospital, do you, do you regret what happened? And the cult said, yes. And I was released for the second and, and um, he said, well, that's good. And she said, no, I regret it didn't work. And just the, the, oh, I can't even describe the, the fear. Being so powerless to, 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 to stop this and the worry. And even if I go out, I'd never go out far, you know, I'd always be, stay around. So, and I'd always ring the calls um, for stupid things. Like, you know, just, well, I didn't care. Just once, sure yeah, once I knew she answered the phone, I knew mm-hmm. she was, she was okay. Until um, she didn't answer the phone, and I rang again. She didn't answer the phone, and um, when I got home, I um, I ran up the stairs, and yeah, that's when she she took the overdose. She was sent to um, a you know, group called Cams, yeah. and yeah. she was sent to Cams, and the main guy did um, in Cams was you know asking the questions, and she cried and cried. She told him everything about everything that was going on and how she felt, and. I'm so disgusted with that because he turned around and said, Nicole, it's just a phase you're going through. This is all part of life. And I was just shocked that uh, he, he treated her like she was a, a stroppy yeah. teenager just trolling. Overreacted. It wasn't, it wasn't like that at all. It was, so they really, they really let her, let her down. And that's when we, myself and my family, you know, tried to, to, yeah. to build her up. And... I was, I was going to ask, was there any like, counselling or external mental health support but well, I think if that's the level of support you were offered it's, uh, yeah, it's more damaged than it. Oh, people so sickened by that that by that response so it was just myself and my family then just trying to tweet to figure out what to do yeah, yeah just I, I I knew I you know with the all those I'd lost a huge heart to cold you know or, mm. or, 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 confidence or, or smile staying in our room and um, but I hadn't got a clue and um, Oh yeah. Well, no, I, I'm, I'm saying that not that I hadn't got a clue. I was always fearful that Nicole would do something the way they they, they brought her down. I didn't know when or how or what. Well, I was always afraid that she would she would try it again. And 
one time I walked into the bedroom and she, she just sat at the, the, the edge of the bed and she, she said to me, Mum, I can't do this anymore. And she said, the only reason, Mum, why I can't say we own life is um, it's because I don't want to leave you heartbroken. And that, that just sold up in the cold. She wasn't thinking of herself. She knew, she knew if she left me how devastated and, you know, just gutted and there's, there's no words, you know. Well, she, she, she held on for the three and a half years, you know, just, she didn't want to die. Yeah, um, just wanted to end. end. Was it, yeah, you just qualified the way to stay, you know. And it sounds like you tri- yeah. I, I, But I still hadn't got a clue what was going on, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. what was ahead of the scenario. Yeah, That's why I was going to say, it, was like, it sounds like even throughout that, you and Nicole were so close. Oh, and to know she was, it, she was, uh, she was a mammy's girl, like, Anthony was mammy's girl, she was like my shadow, and, and oh, we just did everything together um, with the boys, but you missed the, the, the girly things, like yeah. early shopping, and, and you know, even the, the simple little things, like before she'd go out, I'd be giving out to her saying, you know, don't be using my white towels when you're putting on your hat. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. see, when you think back now, you know, but uh, yeah, no, we, were, we were we were so close, like really, yeah. Yeah, and she'd even tell our, our friends like that. She'd always say that I'm her best friend. Little shadow. For sure, it must have been so, as you said, powerless, but like heartbreaking just to see her fade over those years and become a shadow of the little yeah. that you knew. Yeah, and it's 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 that thing of not not being able to stop these people, you know, of cutting my little girl, you know. Yeah. Do you think? She didn't deserve any of it, you know. All she did was want to go out and have fun, and you know, did it with this jealousy, jealousy, and drama. And you know, I know it started off, Jackie, with the one girl who was kind of jealous and trying to get in there, let's say. Do you know why did it grow to a group of like six or seven and then up to like 20 plus people? Was it just all getting involved? And yes, it, it was mainly because, and um, when I said said I started off with two girls, that other girl went to England. Yeah. So this 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 main girl was on her own, and but she was stealing over the gold. But yeah, it was just uh, she needed someone else in the group. Yeah. She couldn't do it. She she was a coward. She couldn't target the gold on her own. Mm. And so yeah, that's why she just got the, and and the more she got together, the more popular she was, yeah. the more powerful she was to to, mm-hmm. to target Nicole, you know? Yeah, yeah that's... Yeah, it's, it just grows life of its own then. It's like everyone else is doing it, we'll just get involved and do this. So, she, she yeah, 100%. Just because, and that's that's what it was, and it's just because there was no other reason for anyone to... Oh, yeah, to, exactly. And I know you said Nicole was like open with you throughout as in like what was going on and stuff. Did that continue even when it got to the point of like her self-harming and stuff? Was she shared that with you or were you just seeing physical signs of her of like, oh, she's digging her nails into herself? And... Um, no, she kind of hid the, yeah. the, the, she, she hid the, the self-harming part. And um, it was only when I walked in and then I, I, I seen, and, and then when it got onto her face, obviously that was, uh, but um. I knew everything else that was happening, but the the the, the self harming bit, she kind of she's so frustrated because she she never bullied anyone, she never hurt anyone, you know. She so this was she she just didn't know how to cope. I didn't even know how to cope with the help, but you know, it was just trying to build it back up again. And, and oh, I don't think anyone like I'm thinking even people watching. 
the only reaction I think you could have is I'd want to kill the people who are bullying her. Like, that's literally oh, it, you know? It's outside of that. It's like, you're right. They're not kids. You can't go to their parents and tell them the guards have, can't do anything really. There's no, le- there was no legislation at the time to charge them under. It was like, you're literally just with your back against the wall, hoping they one day stop. It's going up against all these adults that just, it's unnecessary. And then the fact, yeah. And the fact like, if it happens once, you can probably deal with it. If it happens twice, but three and a half years of constant day in, day out, chipping away at you, chipping away at you. It's like. And they did say that they were never going to give up, you know, that they were going to leave me on life support, you know, that they wish. Yeah. How, how long before the actual January 18th, how long before that date was the overdose, the, the forced attempts? And the, the, for, the, the forced attempt was 2015, and then we found the call in 2018. So three years. Yeah, three years. Well, no, three give years. or take, yeah. Yeah, three years. Yeah. That was just, just constant, constant. Um, like, sad, like, to see your little girl going from such a public person, you know, and so many friends growing up and the happiness and great tra- great Christmases we had and she loved Halloween and Easter, you know, all the events and stuff. With the seer sinking down so low to not even want to get in out like leaving our room. We, we, I used to keep trying to get her out of her room and we'd, we'd go to Sliffy Valley saying we'd go shopping and, and as I said, she, Nicole loved, loved McDonald's and as I said, she texted me, but we'd go shopping but we'd always end up in hit <laughs> McDonald's. It's just just the was the order. Oh, chicken nuggets. I don't know how she did with those feathers. I didn't stay like that. And then she was so happy when when we brought out the 20 bucks of it. That was all that like, Christmas is game over. Well, yes, so chicken nuggets. Cheap date, yeah, it is. A cheap date, anyway. Chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets. She would care. Throughout the three years, then was it. Was there moments where things did settle down for a bit and then it would kick off again with the bullying and stuff, or was it? No, no, really. It was, it was, I think, I think these people were more looking forward to seeing Nicole at the weekend than actually going to see her. What they were doing on the whole life. I was planning the, 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 on that, the social media stuff and all. And it did die down. I don't know if I'm jumping a bit, though. It did die down nearer to the end. Um, yeah. And then I lost the call. They did say, uh, I went around then. I'm like, and the damage was done, yeah. And in terms of like having an outside of yourself, because obviously you and it all were very close, did she have any friends that were, were at this time? Or did she kind of distance herself from everybody? No, she didn't distance herself from everyone. And she had three main friends that, that she would go out with, probably not all together, but you know, mm-hmm. and on separate times. Like, no, she. She distanced herself from a lot, but um, she still she still had these three three yeah. friends that were yeah that were very good. Friends. And were you were like you and these three friends were you was communicating like on oh, the call is the same herself or what's going on? Um, yeah, yeah, we would. And and the the thing is, even with the ones that started this and and as the group, I knew all the families. Yeah, yeah. You know, like these went. Strangers and well, as it got bigger and bigger, like, yeah. she didn't know a lot of them. But these these were people, and um, she knew, and um, uh, and I knew their families. Like you know, so these were just 
random. Yeah, random accounts. Sorry. Yeah, we knew we knew the families and we called them and you know, and, and as I said, she always kept me up to date on on everything, like what what was happening and and her friends. Well, you know, it's just you know when when you're in that situation of how do you deal with a group of adults mm. that are getting bigger and bigger against one person. She didn't make the statement in the cards, do you know what I mean? And, it, and it, I think the physical abuse was bad enough, and mm-hmm. um, but the mental abuse is worse. It's yeah. it's the mental abuse is far worse than like, the physical abuse because you know once it gets inside your head, mm-hmm. it's so hard to to get, and and you're just losing losing that person, and as the time goes on. So tell us a bit about then moving up towards January 18th, wasn't it the date? Coming towards that point, and I said it kind of settled down a little bit with the the bullying and stuff. Did it feel like at that time, like maybe this is the end of it? Or did it always kind of feel to you like I don't know if this is ever going to stop? It's... It was Christmas time came, and yeah. we always went to our to my mum's at Christmas, and all the aunties and uncles and cousins we'd all meet in my mum's house. And I I didn't I I honestly God didn't know it was going to be myself and Nicole's last Christmas. Yeah. And it was weird. It's only, you know, when you look back on things, then Nicole was the one that always took the photographs of family and all. She always did forever. So there was nothing, there was nothing new then. But it was only later on that I realised she took a photograph of herself and her nan, herself and her granddad, and each auntie and uncle and cousin and me. She took them individually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And things did start to, to turn around because she started to go with my niece Gemma and Gemma's friend, and they'd go to a different like, club in Tallaght. And these people, they didn't follow her down. And so she had a great Christmas, which looked like she had a great Christmas. Yeah, you know? yeah. And these people didn't follow her down for, I think she went out twice without being attacked. And, and I'd ring her and I'd go down, she'd ring me at the end and I'd go down and collect her and she'd sit in the car beside me and she'd say, oh man, that was brilliant. And I knew it wasn't a thing, you know, yeah. when Nicole left, she kind of crinkled up her nose. So the line. things I'm happy now, this is all. And stuff. Happy with the light, and she, and I was like, oh wow, they're having a great Christmas. Twice now, she's had to go out, and they did, they didn't follow her down. And the last um, day that she ever, the last night that she ever went out was New Year's Eve. She had a ball, and she went back to my niece's um, house because her mum and dad went somewhere down the country, and they had a free house. And Gemma was like, yay, free gas, and brought like loads of people back from the nightclub. And she has it all on video. They were singing and. And she had a ball and I was going, Oh wow, like this is fantastic. And it was the the seventeenth of January, which was the Wednesday, and she actually said to me, instead of me trying to get her out of her room and go shopping or bring her here and there, she actually came to me and said, Ma'am, I'm going out Saturday, do you wanna go to Licky Valley and, and I'll get a dress and I was delighted. I was saying that she's asking me to go shopping and she picked out this beautiful little red dress and that red dress is in my wardrobe now um, with the tags um, still on it because she never she ever got to wear that dress. And so that was the Wednesday and on the Friday she had her, her eyebrows booked and ready to go for the Saturday. And that night, that Wednesday night, like every night, we and Nicole would always have the chats anyway, you know, and, and that night... She, you know, she was talking about going out and I, I've given out to her about me, me white house with the box <laughs> hat and, and, and every night she, she'd lean, she'd go, night ma'am, I love you. And 
I said, night Cocoa Pops, because I always call <laughs> Cocoa Pops, you know. And I say, like, Cocoa Pops, I love you too. And off she went. But the only difference is that she didn't cry. She didn't cry herself that night. Like, I could hear her crying herself all the other nights and crying in our room. And so but that night she didn't cry. And I'm like, wow. I was, I was just so, I suppose I did settle back a bit, mm-hmm. you know, and probably drop my guard a bit because great Christmas, she's not crying, she's looking forward to going out. She's asking me to go out with yeah, herself yeah. and, you know, everything was great in the nightclub and on. So I, I thought, oh, well, things are changing. Yeah. And then on the 18th, which was the tourist day, obviously, um, it wasn't unusual not to see Nicole. And she was still in bed because my dad had Alzheimer's then and I used to go down to my man's house a couple of times a week. And okay. But I would always go down on a tourist thing because my man would go shopping and I'd mind my dad, you know. And that, that on the 18th, um, I came home roughly about 20 past three, got one of my sons, dropped him to work. And then I went on around to the school to collect my um, 14-year-old son, Lee, at the time. And when we got back to the house... Nothing was going on in my head, you know. Everything was grand, you know. And I opened the door and, yeah, Nicole had got the step ladder and she had the, the boxer dog, Bruce, and she loved him. She had got, she put Bruce in, in the bedroom and she got Bruce's lead, dog's lead, and, yeah, so she was hanging from the banisters in the hallway and it was just... I I, I kind of remember. I remember I didn't scream or roar. I don't. Does this? It was like a hell. I don't. That's all. I, I I've never heard the noise before, and I never want to hear it again. It was, and I screamed at Lee to to help me take her down. And I remember going over because she was, because she was at a height. And I remember I went over and I put my arms around her, her legs to, you know, to lift her up. And I screamed at Lee, and Lee went halfway up the stairs and unhooked. The dog's lead, and it's mad. All I kept thinking was, if she comes down, what she bangs her head off the, the, the frame of the door. That's what I was thinking. And um, I didn't even feel her. I didn't even feel her coming down. And she was still alive. She had a heartbeat. She was still warm. And I lay her down on the floor, and I rang the... Emergency services. Yeah, and they were on loudspeaker. And, oh, do you know what? I just, I was, I just kept saying, please, baby, you know don't leave me. I kept telling her that everything was going to be okay and, you know, that, that, that when he fix it, you know, and, um, and the ambulance crew came and they brought her into the kitchen and, um, my neighbours took Lee up to their house and I was in the, the sit room with my, with my best friend and the police and I kept saying to the, to the guys, like, come in, I'll just go into the kitchen, like, just let me hold her hand and, like, she needs me now with it and they said no and, Eventually, what seemed like forever, which I know it wasn't, you know, they, they put her into the back of the ambulance. And on the way to Tala Hospital, um, I remember going past Belgard and the, the ambulance took a right and we went straight. And I said, yeah. I was saying to the guys, like, no, why, why are we got, like, we need to be behind the ambulance. And, and I remember the, the guy saying something to the lines of, oh, we'll get there quicker. And I didn't understand what they meant. I didn't know why. They were cutting off. Well, what it was was on the way to the hospital in the cold and took a massive heart attack and she died. And to be that brave girl that got up every day, that still went out, that held on for three and a half years because she didn't want to leave me heartbroken, that 
heartbreaker that didn't want to die. She wanted to live. She just wanted to be happy. And the the ambulance crew got her heartbeat back again. I didn't have a clue that any of this was happening in the ambulance. And when we got, when the ambulance got to tell the hospital I'd about, I had a few seconds with her, probably five or six seconds with her. And <laughs> she came out of the ambulance and, uh, and I, I, I sold to this. To the effect, I can't remember the exact words. I was just, it's going to be okay, baby. We're here now and everything's going to be okay. So the new she was still alive. I didn't breathe. They didn't know what happened in the ambulance. They took her off me and these people got their wish. They, um, the call was put on life support. Then um, the doctor called myself and my two boys into a room and um, Lee actually said to them there, uh, they said to the doctor, is she, is she going to be okay? And the doctor said um, that, no, she's going to die and she's got extensive brain damage and her organs are going to start to shoot down. And it's weird because even though I hear, like, we hear what, what these people are saying, but I honest God couldn't comprehend the fact that she's, she's not come home. I'd like, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I just, that didn't even come into my head that she, I didn't understand why it was it. Even though I heard the words, and this is going to sound crazy. In the situation, but when when myself and Lee walked into the hallway, and the girl had a, a house coat on, and this lady house coat that I sleep with even now every single night, I I smell it like and, and just sleep with her house coat. But the girl's hair was all over the place. Yeah. This goes through anything. <laughs> but I remember standing at the end of her bed, and I just looked at Colin and I went. <laughs> didn't leave much in here. <laughs> and her friends and her family were coming up to see her and but they were coming up to say goodbye. I thought they were coming up to see her and I remember I said she'd be scaring and like but people coming up but I washed her hair in the bed and you know, it's extending her look the way the way she would do it. It's the kind of stuff on your mammy would do in the put lip gloss on her and um I was painting her nails and I remember saying to her, you're going to thank me when you go home. You're going to be scared of them. <laughs> and I really thought that was, I thought that was going to happen. I actually thought she was coming home when, yeah. and I remember um, getting up in the bed beside her and, you know, I was rubbing her cheek and her hair. And I remember going straight up to her face and I says, Cole, if you just open your eyes, just for five seconds, just open your eyes for five seconds and just go, yup, jackers. <laughs> and we go to Macker's, you know, but she never did. She never. And it wasn't until the next morning, the early hours of Saturday morning, the night she was supposed to be going out. And the nurse that was blind to call with me in intensive care, she, the gold heartbeat start going erratic and yeah. her blood pressure start going all over the place. And um, the nurse came off to me and she, she, she put her hand on my shoulder and she just said, it's time. And... It was only then that I realised she's not going to be knowing. I'd only a couple of minutes with her and uh, I remember saying to her, I lay down on the bed with her and I was, you know, it's rubbing her face and I remember saying to her, um, can't you let go? And I said, no one, no one's ever going to hurt you again. And I said, no one's ever going to touch you again and the very, very last words I got to say to Cole was, I love you, Cook. Yeah, and then. Bitch. 
No, you don't have to. I have to do it. We got to get so, oh, my kids, that whole song. <laughs> I saw. How, how you can tell that story? If that was me, I think I would have got four words in. And that would have broke out. Do you know, I think it's because, because of what I do now, going around to schools and, and I think it's, it's times like this. In schools, I don't want to focus on me. Yeah. I want to focus on what I'm telling them, yeah. you know, and yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, sometimes I have to kind of go into robot mode, if you like, and I'm yeah. trying to hold it back. But when I'm not in the school and the, I suppose to like to this or even at home and like, it just, I'm, I can't, I'm crushed, I think. Ah. You know, I'm just, yeah. and it was, you know, it was a couple of days, I, I did get two days or something. After that, the main girl, um, she put on Facebook, fake Facebook. She put up a post saying, and it sickens me, she put up a post saying, oh, poor goalie, um, rest in peace. And like, if there's anyone going through any of this, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Come and talk to me. And then all the others, not all of them, but a lot yeah. joined in and said, oh, poor Cole, you know, rest in peace, angel, and the, the usual crap. And then those other people actually, was posting on it that wouldn't have known anything about the bullion and they were saying to this maker, I'm so sorry to hear about your friend. And that, yep. the fake is that, you know, that, that sickened me. But the guards came to my house and I think it was that same day. I actually, I don't know. I'd say it's all a blur, yeah. Yeah, it's very, very, either the next day that come down or the next day after, I'm not sure. They came to my house and, and I showed them the phone and I, I said, look, have all the messages, all the threats, the the news, the videos that they sent. I have where they admitted that was true jealousy and, and stuff. And the guards turned around and said um, they did nothing wrong. They were right to know they did nothing wrong. There was no law, there was no legislation. Um, so technically, you lied. I mean, though, you know, morally. Thing. They kept my dumb. They took my girl away from you. But there was nothing in, in Ireland at the yeah. time to to charge them with anything or you know me? When my ma heard your story, the first things I think she said was, How does she get out of bed? Like if that happens I and she said this to us actually loads of times if one of you was died, like I'd kill myself. Even though I have three other kids, that'll there and even is like it's that it's that chin line, yeah. Yeah. And um, after Nicole died, I um, slept in her room and kept everything as it was. Had her house go. She had her two-patch poster behind the bed. <laughs> and uh, not only did she love Jaffa Cake, she had a, a munchie drawer, she called it. Nice. Uh, not only did she love McDonald's, she had a munchie drawer because she was mad about Jaffa Cakes. But <laughs> that drawer was full of Jaffa Cakes and, and Red Luke, Luke saying, and I kept everything. <laughs> but... I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. It was so wrong. Uh, and I always say, it's like I'm here and my family and my boys, which are so important to me, are there. But Nicole was somewhere else, somewhere sh where she shouldn't be. She should be at home, our mum, you know. And um, I wanted, all I wanted to do was a hugger, kiss her and, and, and tell her I love her. And just even something I'm here. I, I, I just, I need it. I need it to... To, to see what she's okay, yeah. to know her. And I, I, I couldn't, and I decided to, to go with her that night. And 
and then yeah, at the end of you want to know why uh, yeah. what made me stay but uh um I got a phone call anyway and, and, and anyway I turned it around and um I decided the only way for me not to go with Nicole was to give me something to, 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 to live for and, and you might think when you have your boys they didn't come into me. Yeah, yeah. The grief there no it, it wasn't I I didn't even realise it was grief at this time. I didn't even know what grief was. Never yeah, yeah. experienced anything like that. With the sadness was overtaken everything that I had and I just wanted to go. Um the only way that I could stay was to give me a focus to to give me something to to stay for something to, to, to get up every morning for and so, I don't know. I don't know, just ran crazy to I said I'm gonna bring in a law and um, to I'm gonna bring legislation to make online bullying a criminal offence and um, because I don't want other people to to, to go uh, other people like Nicole to go through that or other families like us to to be left behind you know to yeah. to, to suffer all that I didn't got a clue what I was talking about <laughs> I didn't even know like where do you even start yeah you know? yeah what's the lot but I made <laughs> but I knew I had to do something I knew I um, arranged a meeting with a TD and he he arranged another meeting in Leinster Homes and um, with other TDs and it was so frustrating because I'm like, say, five foot, you know, and they're taller than me and they're in the seats, they're looking down at me and I'm trying to tell them what, that we need to bring the legislation in, you know, and, and they're just like, and straight to my face, that's not going to happen, you know, that, you know, that just doesn't happen. And, and there's two things I always say is one, never, ever say no to an Irish family. <laughs> Because they say no to a grieving Irish Remy who's literally trying to stay, trying to stay for for her family, and they're telling me no, 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 and that just gave me that fire in me belly. It pissed me off so much that I, it, it gave me that fight. And I had protests outside Leinster House, and I had a huge march through Dublin City, and everyone brought a, like a single pink blue name for cold, you know, and and. I still wasn't getting anywhere in, in Leinster House, but it wasn't until I put Nicole's story, Hazen's story, because she's not a statistic, she's not a story, she, you know, she mattered then and she matters now, but I put Cole's story like out on social media and, you know, um, I was getting so many messages back from other parents and they're saying like, my daughter's going through that or my son is going through that or my auntie, my uncle, my cousin. And the amount of people that were actually going through the 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 online bullying, yeah. um, and it was only you know they start following me and sharing stuff, and and um, there was two things I wanted, um, and and I was never ever ever going to settle for one. I I needed the two things, and one was legislation to make online bullying a criminal offence. Someone has to be made accountable for 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 dragging someone down so low that they feel that they can't stay here anymore. But the other one was that uh, I needed Cole's legacy and it was just as important um, as trying to bring in the legislation. I don't want Cole to die unnecessary just because of jealousy and drama. Um, I needed, I, I when she died, I always, I said to my mum that I was going to make too short that she was never forgotten because she was too good, you know, she, you can't just forget about her, you know, and um, I wanted the law to be called Coco's Law and the reason why 
she's called Coco was when when she was born. My nine month old nephew, he was only learning how to talk and he couldn't really he couldn't really say the call properly and he could only say Coco and that's where she kind of got got her 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 name well like our baby name all the, yeah, yeah. that baby name kind of stuck with it and I got where you know and so I didn't want to call him the Coco the yeah. bees and the colors, you know, yeah. so I said that uh, Coco's that and I remember that the, after. I've been on the TV, radio stations, newspapers, everywhere, putting it out, trying to get Coco's on. and would say Coco's on, Coco's on. I, I didn't even... At that stage, I didn't believe that it could be Coco's off. Because don't forget, I wasn't doing that for that. I was doing this to stay, to... Yeah, yeah. I needed to keep busy, because I couldn't sit at home with my own thoughts, you know, I needed to keep keep busy. Um, yeah, so I just... Uh, there was one, one person that took me on, and... Brendan Howland from Labour and he he's such a kind man he was so genuine and and I felt him saying to me uh, I was telling him exactly what I want and he said I can help you with that legislation and hearing that hearing someone is actually listening to me was great but then he said but the only thing is I don't think it's going to be called and I just said stop <laughs> I, I, I don't want to hear it and I said there's two things two things that I want Coco's law or legacy and the legislation and it is we 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 walk off that you know. I don't know he was only trying to politician, politician, But after I think it was nearly three years of campaigning, I think it was two years, ten months or something like that around that of campaigning. I ten days left, ten days, and before Coco's law was coming in and the legislation, we you go through so so many stages, and the government broke up. And I think I was only at stage three. And when the government breaks up, all legislations go back to stage one. I was devastated. And then COVID hit that a lot of because we were uh, marching around the country in Sligo, Galway. Yeah. And although we were marching around the country, we had um, Matt for Justice Ireland help me. And we had this podium everywhere we went and microphone. But I always stopped outside pennies because I knew all the mams go into pennies, but yeah, yeah. all the dads are outside. So yeah. someone would be listening, you know. So, um, but that, that, that was a big setback. Um, but at this stage, 10 days was left and uh, the, the TDs and ministers for Edgar, all these were actually mentioning Coco's Law in the doll. And then I seen it all over the papers and on the radio, Coco's Law, Coco's Law. Yeah. And I go, oh, this actually might work. This, and I think, like, oh my God, that is funny with all Coco's Law. Because don't forget, I was only, I was fighting to, to stay, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so 10 days left and Coco's Law was going to be passed on the 28th of December um, 2020. Um, but 10 days before I came down, I picked up my phone. I don't know what I was looking at. And I seen that um, Helen McEntee, who was Minister for Justice, who still is now Minister for Justice, and she actually said, Coco, no, we're taking Coco's name over. I, I, I couldn't even tell you what I felt like that. I failed, you know what I mean? All all this stuff I done for Cole's legacy and the law, I felt like that. I I that I failed her, you know, and and she wanted to call it the Pamphlet Harassment Communication Related Defence Bill. And yeah, I just yeah, her. I even struggled saying it. I actually don't it's not even the harmful harassment, it's the harassment harmful community. It's look ridiculous. Coco's law. And so I remember that night Helen McAtee was on Facebook and Messenger and all the way through I was never disrespectful or 
you know, I was never loud or I, I just knew what I, I knew what I needed to do. But I had to bite my tongue so many times as well, you know, when you're dealing with one of these positions. Um, <laughs> I sent Hannah McEntee a video on Messenger and um, I cried and cried and I explained everything to her, told her everything. And at the end of the video, I did say, if you do that, if you take Coco's name out of that, you are going to put the final nails in my coffin. And I meant it. She just was whipping Cole as if she didn't matter. She didn't. She was nothing, do you know what I mean? Just to have their long name for the bill. And um, I think it was two days after that, which left me with eight days <laughs> to get Coco's name back into it, you know. She she arranged a meeting with me and... Um, I remember going in with two lads they were marched with Justice Ireland and in our office she had a big mahogany table in front and all our solicitors and uh, you know and, and that week um, Helen McTee was known as the Ice Queen and um, I don't know what she, I can't I have oh, no what yeah there's something and it was obviously something cold that she did anyway and she was ne- uh, known as the Ice Queen but she also announced she was pregnant as well and I remember bringing four photographs in with me and the fourth photograph and um, after talking to, to Helen McDee and she cried, she cried a good bit. And I remember putting the force photograph down and I said, and it was a photo of a baby scan. And I said to Helen McEntee, you have your baby scan and there's Cole's baby scan. And it wasn't because I lied. <laughs> um, I didn't get a baby scan of Nicole. It was me. It was me. You have your baby scan and there's Cole's baby scan. <laughs> and the second one was Cole's christening. I said, you're going to have your baby's christening. There's Cole's christening. Toward one called communion and she was just like this small little fairy, like she was so tiny and I said, You're gonna have your child's <laughs> communion is called. But the last photograph I, that I've never seen, I'll never look at, and it's one of the guys from that I brought in with me, I handed it to me and I turned my head and I put it down. He saw the other photographs and that was a photograph of Nicole laid out in her coffin in my man's sitting room. And the reason why I had it in my mum's sitting room was because I promised her that I'll never, ever, ever bring her back to Kildalkin. I said, you never, you'll never have to go back up there again. So we brought her back to my mum's sitting room. And Helen McEntee, she just nodded her head. And I said, thank you. I, I didn't even have a clue what I was thanking her for. But I knew she got me because a few years before that, Helen McEntee's dad took his own life due to online bullying okay. as well. So she, she got it. You know, she understood. But she did, uh, you know, she, she on, the, on the 28th of December 2020, um, President Higgins signed um, Coco's Law into the Irish statute books, which means that it's going to be there hundreds of years, forever and ever. It's in that Irish statute. That's her legacy. That's not going anywhere. And then she gave her her own memorandum as well um, in, in the law, um, you know, to that's in Nicole's memory. She... Um, yeah, she did. She did. She gave. She gave more, more than 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 what I asked for. Um, which means, it when Cole's law was passed on the ninth of February, and um, when it was officially out on the ninth of February, twenty twenty one, it was the biggest bitter sweet moment there. Like, I had to lose my call for other people to gain. 
and um, which is great. Don't get me wrong. You know, there's other people now can use this law, have used this law. There's people in prison under this law. But the bitter moment was then I can't go home and 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 have call her or say guess what call you know this happened or whatever, and 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 badly, like weirdly, at the start when I first campaigned, I used to say to call I've talked to her you know and I'd say. Because I didn't understand really what was going on. You kind of dragged along or loads of things is a blur, you know. And I and I used to say to call, call when this law has passed, then you could come home. And I kind of had that idea. I know that sounds crazy, but I kind of had, when this law, you can come home then, and then they can't judge you, you know. But obviously, you know, that's uh, what happens. But it was, it was the biggest, biggest bittersweet moments. And that's when I crashed. That's when. It is. I stopped eating and everything. Yeah, I suppose that gave you something to put all your time and attention into. Yeah, that's yeah you know, I didn't, I didn't grieve really. Um, I only started grieving in 2021. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I gave cocoa oil to everyone, to the media, to, 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 to everyone, cocoa butch. I took Nicole back. Yeah. Little cocoa. And that's when they stepped. That's when I started grieving. That's when I really realised that. It's not. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to see you again. I'm all going stuff and all, you know. Well, yeah, that was, that was hard. That's when my grief really started. Um, I, um, I remember when the law was passed and I, I went into my lab's house and my then went to put our arms around me, you know, to give me a hug and I just dropped on the floor and I, I just said, well, I just felt cold. I said, what? I didn't ask for a law. You know, I, I shouldn't have to do all this. And I people say, oh, you should be so proud of yourself. I, I struggle with that because I shouldn't be so proud of myself because if, if the law had been in, would Nicole still be here? I don't know. But, you know, I, I shouldn't have to do that. You know, she yeah. she should have had protection. She had no way to, to turn. She she no way to turn to help her because there was no law. Um, and people always say, oh, it was so... And then when the law was passed, people say, people are saying, you must be so happy. <laughs> As if that makes up for the loss. Yeah, you know, it's... I stopped, I did stop eating. I, um... I shut everyone out. Um, I didn't care. I... went on talks and stuff. But it wasn't... It was the wrong time to do talks, because I wasn't mentally prepared for them. The reason why I did talks was, and I, I did talks at school, I could have done two or three in a row in the same day. Yeah. And that wasn't because I wanted to do it. it was, I was self-harming. I, do, I didn't want to take my own life because I seen the devastation that caused, that what's left behind, that huge ripple effect that's left behind, not only for me and the boys, but, you know, our nan, auntie, uncles, cousins, friends, everywhere. So, and I didn't want to hurt them by going with the cult. So I was self-harming by trying to wear myself down to the bone. Travelling the country, meetings after meetings still, and and not eating. And I actually literally survived on lemsip and coke. Cans of coke. And <laughs> 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 I just... Hot on it. Just <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> the cans of coke filled me up because I didn't have to eat, and the lens zip had to parasite them all on it, so it kind of took some of the pain on my head. Literally, cans of coke and parasite them all. And, and that was just to make me do war talks, go up myself. 
I didn't care if I died. I just didn't want to take my own life because I knew. Yeah, even though if I, if I did it that way, it still caused a lot. But in my head, it didn't seem as bad. I think something that, I don't think I was even, I, I was aware of it, but I think just listening to you talk there has really brought it home for me is like, I think even when I reached out to you initially, and there's another woman, Jane Hass, who works with the Mean of Her Life, and it's like, when we speak to people like you and Jane and others, it's like, how have you transformed, or you as Joe Payne, to make a positive impact on the world? And I think we focus so much on the positive impact, and we neglect the fact that the pain doesn't go away. Like, the pain is still there. Yeah. And you know what people say? You know, the first birthday is the worst, or the first Christmas. It's not. <laughs> the first year was, as weirdly as it sounds, was the easiest, because you have no clue what's going on. You're dumb. It's like you're looking into someone else's life. It's like it's not real. It's not happening. And the first year, and then I was campaigning and stuff. So the first year was the easiest. It was the second year um, that that hit you even harder because it's too long now. You know, and I haven't seen her in ages. I haven't seen her face. I haven't looked her and, and it's starting to get real. You know, the reality is starting to kick in then, you know. And don't, yeah, people say, oh, the force of everything. Um, and it could be for people, you know, the force of everything. For me, it wasn't. It's, and people say, oh, time's a healer. I don't know you who who you know, made that up because it's 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 certainly not because I just miss her every second every and not only Christmas like Christmas I hate Christmas I hate Christmas and um, I hate Easter I hate Halloween Nicole loved Halloween and it's just gone there she she would have been dressed up in her you know in our costume our scarecrow costume was the last one and. She loved dressing up and but every time she went out, I was so fearful of what was going to happen to her and what we're going to do. But now, with Halloween, I've kind of turned around my head now and um, called safe. She's not hurting. They can't touch her. You know, she, she, she's okay where she is. And that kind of weirdly gives me comfort knowing that she's not going to be beaten up tonight or... Yeah. And um, does that make... Does, does that rig rain? So, kind of, yeah. So, but Christmas and all, I, I, I hate. So, it, it doesn't... Time, you kind of, well, not even adjust. I don't know what you, you learn. Learn, I suppose, yeah. lives because you have to. You've ordered it, but it's it's awful. Like it's it's, you know, it's the missing the missionaries. The it's the, the hardest part. Like it's in everything. Uh even what you mentioned, like it's not even just Christmas. The little things on a daily basis. That everything, yeah, you know, everything, and even. Like since Cole died, I won't even put the radio on in case Justin Bieber comes on or, yeah. or you know, in Tupac or any of these. I'm 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 afraid that I'd hear our songs or something. Or even if I did, I'd say, "Oh, Nicole would love that song, or whatever." Like yeah. you kind of avoid. But I know, I know with me and with a lot of people that that I've heard, and um, everything with me is heightened. And um, I don't go out to family events. And um, I don't like just being Christmas and. Communions and twenty yeah. fours are all family, and I don't go to any of them because it's not good. Because there are girls out there, it's like it's not complete, you know. And um, and I'm heightened with music, loud music, or loads of people in the room, and, and that's anxiety. I never yeah. ever ever suffered with anxiety until I lost the cold. Now I suffer terrible with anxiety, so I don't I don't go out, and I I never put myself into situations where I have to find an escape route, do you know what I mean? Like, 
I don't do any family things um, with my family because the call would have been the the the, the boys and the, the you know and, and taking on pictures and yeah. yeah it's just you know it's it's everything everything is devastating but and um, I asked for help I got help from this amazing amazing fellow who's an author of um, in four books they're actually making a film of one of his books at the moment it's going to be on Netflix and stuff. And he's amazing. He, he he's the one that actually got me to eat again, and got me to get back out. And he he he's actually the one that taught me that it's okay to to laugh and smile while still missing the call at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Like I used to feel real guilty. And I was gonna ask that. Oh, the guilt is just unreal. Like you know, why am I? The woman after bike. So, uh, how dare I need to myself even silly things like I couldn't go shopping on my own I always had to have me man to have with me because then if someone said you walked over to me I can leave and you could talk to me mum and dad it's getting that caught in that situation where oh I don't want to talk to anyone you know and, yeah. and then other people would just look at you and you, you could see them turning away and you're kind of disgusted that you're turn, they're t- turned away but you're happy at the same time that they didn't come over to you yes. so, yeah, yeah. oh it's just crazy like it's just no mind is so so messed up and you know it's just so messed up yeah we asked earlier what what advice would you give your teenage self oh that's why you were curious i'm not asking you to answer now but i was thinking like i don't know what advice you could give to prepare anyone for yeah see i i I actually struggle with that answer because uh, or that question yeah i don't know like anything just and then this is like what most people yeah. probably say like it's just you know be kind of think about what you're doing and that's hard to even understand because at that time if I was the other self there was no internet so there was no yes, worry about exactly, that exactly. and I do blame social media on on an awful lot and um, with all these apps and and even the likes of TikTok you asked me how old I was I'm 54 I shouldn't even know what TikTok yeah I'm impressed <laughs> <laughs> but I have got in you know if I do sleep through and there is so funny um videos on it and stuff now so 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 many so much yeah, yeah. hate and yeah. and nastiness and slagging but they're in it they're like, they're, you know that's it's a money-making thing i like yeah. social media on a lot of things you know yeah. and an awful lot of things that they're not you know they don't look out far yeah. it's not regulated and ireland i i, I blame the laws well the lack of laws whatever yeah. you know t- 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 all these apps are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and nothing was in place yeah. to protect yeah to protect Yeah, we should have been. Definitely. Something else I wanted to ask you, um, I don't know how well you can answer this, but uh, just in terms of the, the two boys at home, like how did, and how do they deal with things and how did there's the calling act then? Especially, I think especially with Lee, because he had to take his sister down, yeah. um, you know, when he's 14. And I remember um, when Nicole was in intensive care and um, that, that night that, that day that she was brought in and, Lee and Dean came into came into intense care and Lee collapsed on the floor. He just collapsed and it was horrible because I I was in intense care with Cole and Lee was brought to a different part of the hospital. So he's there, you know, and they're separated and they the both guys were sedated and um lucky enough he um there was a psychiatrist or psychologist, whatever, came down and Lee actually spent two years with her and she was absolutely fantastic with him. But now, um, 
at the start, no, and, and a good bit into it, I would, I would hear Lee crying in his room. And when I'd go in, he'd be looking at all the selfies. And, and Nicole loves selfies. And she, you know, I should always take them of our brothers and stuff. But he'd be looking at all the selfies. I, was, I remember even our last Christmas together, and uh, we were getting ready to go down to a man's house, and Nicole was taking a picture, a selfie of me and Warren. And I oh, Jason, and Nicole, don't, that, I, I look awful in that, don't put that up. She goes, yeah, I know, but I look gorgeous. I think you put it up as you later know. But there's a thank God for photos because, and I and I always say, photos are so important because all I have is photos and her clothes and you know and stuff like that. Photos are so important. If I didn't, if I didn't have photos, you know, not that I forget. Yeah. You know, they're, just, they're just so so important. I actually forget the question that you asked. Oh. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> a good answer, yeah, I suppose. Now it is. So, okay, so Lee is doing a personal um, a fitness course and he's in his last year now of doing that, his third year, or fourth year, uh, third year. And he's also working part-time in Corte, where we live now, and in a bookies. And But he loves it. Loves it. <laughs> and he got a sports car there and a few weeks ago, I'd been teaching him how to drive, which I thought about. It was always so bad, so bad. Now he has his own car now, so he's uh, he's uh, so far as drives away. So he he he's he's still you know he is he's still good. Dean never ever asked about the coat from the, the from the day she died. He he never asked about her, and. But what he'll always ask is when I come home from a school or a talk or whatever, he'll always say, how did you get on? And yeah. so that's that's his way of, I suppose, asking. But yeah. he he doesn't talk about or, or anything now where, where Lee, would, Lee would be. Yeah, I suppose maybe he had that connection of yeah. finding Cole and stuff in Ireland. Yeah. But they were, the and Cole would have been the closest anyway, do you know? Yeah, that was the eldest and the youngest that were living. Ed. Nicole. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and the, the, the youngest, yeah. And you've been doing a bit of globetrotting oh, recently yeah. over the last little while, haven't you? And it was crazy how it turned out. I, look, I never, I never, first of all, I never expected a lot of it. I never expected to be called Coco, so yeah, I never, yeah. anything that's coming up, like, I'm like, I, and, and especially after bringing in the law, I thought, that was the end of it, yeah. you know, and, and I would have been, like, I'd have been at 54, I would have been quite happy to sit at home and knit for the rest of my life. But yeah, the, the, um, the European Parliament in Brussels, they got in contact with um, a film group and, and they asked would I do a short film on, on Nicole and Coco's Island. Did that and sent it back over to them. So on the 1st of May, just gone, and um, they asked me to come over and speak in European Parliament. <laughs> it's weird because, like, I'm sitting next to the President of the European Parliament and and the the, the, the second person in line and the tour bearers and then it's me in the middle. Of Jackie, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you know it's it's full and I, I'm giving I'm giving me talk and we 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 made a, a documentary a little um a little film like if you like, and um the fourth stage would have been the legislation. This is where they decide whether. They they'd want to bring in something like that, you know, and they asked me then to go to Strasbourg in the June, so a month after, and I literally from when I went over on the fourth of May, I was back probably two days, and I didn't even unpack the whole suitcase, and they said actually can you come to Strasbourg, um, the next day or the next day after that, whatever, but like, 
And, and as I said, I, I, I didn't fly since 1994. Yeah. I hate flying. And then I thought, oh, I have to get on another plane, like, you know, two or three days later. I went to Strasbourg and um, they said that they didn't want to wait till June. That thing, because that's where they do all, put everything together in June. They wanted to get everything organized and ready before June. So they, they brought me back over. I did another talk in the Strasbourg European Ireland and uh, they're definitely a hundred percent bringing in um, not cocoa and um, but a lot um, relating to coal and yeah, um, to make online bullying a criminal offence in Europe. And and it's great because um, it shouldn't only be in Ireland. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It should be, should be in Europe. Do you know because this is happening oh, globally, everywhere. Yeah. Do you know, so um, it's going to take a couple of years now. Yeah. But and then I went to uh, I had to talk in the European Parliament in Croatia and Slovenia or Slovakia. <laughs> So yeah, then I'd be popping back over. I was meant to go back home there a couple of weeks ago, but I ended up getting an ear infection, so I couldn't do that. I wasn't. I was told I couldn't fly, but in fact, didn't mind. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that, <laughs> <I> thought, okay. <laughs> you had this podcast to get ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then yeah, so it's 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 I never never in a in, in a million years. And then it's it's another weird thing that happened, which like you, I just don't don't think of these things. You know, when you're just going along with everything, I never. Realised even more. I was doing at this moment. Yeah. There was another film crew and um, filmmaker and um, Jared Walsh, and he actually took the rawest interview, my first interview thing, and and he's been with me all the way up. He's been over in Strat- uh, Brussels with me, and um, in he was in um, Leinster Hills with me and everything, and all the way through. So the documentary is. Um, Nearly completed. I've only one more thing to do on it, and then uh, it shall be finished. It's got yeah. RTE are taking it. Okay. It's on for fifty minutes. That's the small version. It was only supposed to be a half an hour, but <laughs> can't cut out stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. So the fifty minutes is going to be on um, RTE, and then um, in February I'm going to be on the Ten Late Show, which I know people don't watch the Ten Late Show now, but um, if they watch it live on that night, <laughs> then and. Uh, um, we have so much more stuff putting in it, so we're doing a feature, and it's an hour and a half, but we're promoting that in Europe and America. So I have to head over. To... <laughs> yeah. You might get to the knitting when you're 60. Yeah, <laughs> that's no worry. Well, it's crazy. Like, I never asked for any of this. Do you know what? Yeah. I would give everything away. Cold was like everything away. I, as I always say, I would do anything for Cold to walk in that door. And seeing Chris Brown or two back in the most horrific, horrendous singing voice that she had, I would do anything for that and just, you know, just to to, to give her a hold. Just to, that's the hardest thing. That is so hard not to be, not to be able to hug her and, you know, yeah. you know, it's, 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 I do think she's with me though. I have to believe that. You know, I do think she. Uh, and it's weird, can I tell you why I stayed, what made me... Yeah, if you did The night I was going with Nicole, go to see Nicole, and I was all set in my head, and I was happy. I was delighted that I was going to see... That, got, and as I said, I love the boys and stuff and all. Yeah, yeah. But I, 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 I couldn't wait to see, see Nicole. But, and this is weird, um, I got a phone call from my cousin, who I hadn't seen in about two and a half years. And she, and I didn't answer the call. And she rang again, and I still didn't answer it. When she rang again, I was going, like, I'll just get rid of her and yeah. thing. And I answered the call, and um, 
Janori said to me, she said, um, whatever you're thinking of doing, stop it now. And I'm like, oh, oh, I'm not, like, what do you mean of that? I'm not thinking of doing it. So she said, right, she had a dream. Now, whether it's real or not, this is what kept me near, you know. She had a dream the night before. And in the dream, um, Nicole was in this sitting room, some random sitting room, and there was no lights on. But in the background was a telly, and I never heard of the song um, Call the Lion, Follow Your Fire. You probably, you guys probably heard of that, did you? Yeah, yeah. So Call the Lion, Follow Your Fire was on the telly. When Nicole was talking to someone behind the door, and this is like my cousin looking in, and Nicole said, no, ma'am, we don't want you up here yet. You've got too much work to do. And I didn't, when my cousin was telling me that, I didn't understand what she meant. And it was the next day, I had to go somewhere with me and boys being boys, 14-year-old, I'm starving. And he said, well, can we go into the garage and get a roll? And I told you I never put the radio on yeah. in case I had. Well, weirdly in, in the garage, I put the radio on and what was on? The chorus of it, follow your fire. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, I have too much work to do. What does that, what does that even mean? And I was saying to my mum, but when I went down, I said to my mum, my mum says, well, you have too much work to do. Um, you've got to stay and see what this is. But I was more disgusted because I said, Mum, she said she didn't want me there. <laughs> and I used to have only said she said she didn't want me there. And then, yeah, that's what actually kept me here. And I was saying, well, it's too much work to speak. Well, Jesus, I know she made the And I She was lying. I think that she, like, I don't know if I have my own past or if I'm even choosing anything. I, I don't know. My path is just set out to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to do things, you know, but, um, and even talking in the schools and colleges and football clubs and parent talks and all like this. Well, I plans it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do it. <laughs> do it well, do it. Oh, 100%. The way you carry yourself and tell the stories and the way you've somehow not fallen into just being like so bitter and spiteful and coursing the world but actually going about and I know it's uh, a negative message. Not the message but like what happened was overall negative. The way you're able to bring it across in a way that's shifting it towards a positive light and trying to make Make it worth something, you know, make it not for nothing. Make sure it wasn't meaningless. Make sure that there's light at the end of this tunnel for everyone else who could ever possibly get you. And, and don't get me wrong, like people say to me, um, would you ever forgive them? Absolutely. No. Never. I will never, ever forgive what they didn't take my little girl away. Um, I hate them. Um, but I don't let them consume me. I don't think about them every day because... They took coal away. Yeah. They can easily. I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm ever going wrong. I don't know, but yeah. there is always that thin line yeah. as well, do you know. But and I can't let them people into my head. I can't let them into my head, and um, because I don't know yeah. if they're all they do. But um, I'll never forgive them. And and the only thing that I've got is karma. Did any of them ever try to reach out, make contact, to apologise or to Not to apologise. When I started bringing in the law, uh, not bringing in, when I started campaigning for it, yeah. um, there was a few of them um, got scared because they didn't know if they were going to be prosecuted or not. Yeah. Um, you know what? Yeah. Bringing in the law, they didn't know if they were. Yeah. So what they did was um, they threatened me. They said they were going to put petrol bombs through my letterbox and... Um, you know, try and stop me from doing it. I didn't care. I said, don't throw it in my letterbox. Come up and give it to me. Do you know, yeah, I, yeah. they couldn't hurt me any more than I was already hurt. 
and but no, they 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 got nasty. No, all the mossy, yep. the the main, and yeah, no, they got because they were they didn't and and they can be prosecuted because there was no down. Yeah, it was only from the 9th of February on up. Can I ask you a personal question? If you don't mind, you don't answer your coldest for that. What gets you to the tough days nowadays? Like, what's is there? I don't know. Is something you would listen to? Something no, you would do? What place you go? And the tough days. Well, that that friend that helped me to laugh, but he's he's my rock. And from that day, like he's never we were, were with each other all the time. He's he's never he's always there for me. He gets me through a but. When I know Nicole's anniversary is coming up in January, yeah. most people have an anniversary, a one-day anniversary, if you like. With Nicole's anniversary, it's from the 18th, 19th, and 20th, because the 18th is the day I found her, and the 20th is when she died. I can't pick which which one is the worst day, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the three of them are just as bad. And normally, and I don't know if it's the right thing to do, and... Um, I would talk to, to my friend Gary on the phone, but normally I just want to sleep me love. And I would stay in my room. I would put Netflix on. Oh, it'd be on. I wouldn't yeah. be watching it. I always have Cole's house cold. And I just snuggle up. And I honestly say, when we watch Netflix or whatever, to snuggle in our house cold. And, and it, I just, I cry. And then I start crying. I just, I think it's just, you just have to go. Yeah. Just go with it. You know, just go with it. I don't have to be brave. or And the boys know. Because um, they're going through it as well. You know. And they know, like, just, just leave us alone. Just, yeah. just leave them alone too, I guess. Through the day. It's just, it's just riding the, the emotions, really. I live right at the beach now as well. Our happy place where we, where we were. So I think the beach is great for, for your head and going for the walks with yeah. brings the dog. Was that something moving the cartel was that always in the pipeline for you or just after no. oh, I see. And um, I had the mortgage a mortgage after Cole passed and I had a mortgage when Nicole died myself and the boys were like prisoners in our house and the boys wanted to kill them. And I wanted to kill them. And I always said and I say if I wanted bread or milk or whatever I could go to any of the shops in, in Plodoc and I would have to drive to Tana. Yeah. And so I wouldn't see any of them. Yeah. And I even said to, to, to the guard, for like, you know, if I was in my car and I seen one of them walking down the road and would I accelerate? Probably just... And I knew, I didn't know if I... Yeah, I probably would. Yeah. So I didn't put myself in that situation. And then I had the mortgage. So when, as soon as the mortgage was paid off, and... Um, the only place I, I would ever go is our happy place. It's not our happy ever after. Yeah. Yeah. Because Cole's not there. But it, it is much better for her. We're right at the beach. You know, I, I can I can go to the shop. I can yeah. go anywhere and, and I, I don't and I don't have to see any. That's that's a huge thing for you anymore. Yeah, change the environments. Oh, really. yeah, can I ask Jackie just brand new news listening who may not be familiar with it? What is Coco's Law? What does it kind of cover and what protection does it offer for people? And um, in the short version, and yeah. um, you can't. It doesn't have to be to the extent of what they did to call, mm-hmm. but to cause someone so much distress, to cause someone to self harm, to cause someone to to even take down whatever. 
you know, to feel that they, they, they don't want to be here. And the main thing is, it, if you have the proof, the text, the threats, you need, you need so, you can't say he said, yeah, she said. Yeah, just If you have the, 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 the texts and, and which most people do, and if you have that and, and you go to the guards, now most people go to the guards and say, I want to report this. Yeah. And they show it. So what? That means nothing because that's all you're doing. You're just... What are reporting? You're reporting. You didn't ask for anything. But now you, you must go down and say, if you have all this in front of you, you have to say, I want this investigated under Coco's law. So now you're requesting something under a law that exists. So you need to explicitly say... You say, I want it investigated under Coco's law because this law exists. Where if you just go down and say, look what's happening, I want to make a complaint. Yeah. So all you're doing is making a complaint. You're not, you're not asking for anything. And also, and that, that's important. And I find the guards, at first I thought they were going to think this um, more paperwork. And, yeah. You know, they're absolutely fantastic. I, they really stood up to it. They were delighted when it was brought in and they actually go into schools. I explain about the bullying and what bullying does to people, but they explain the law in schools, um, which they've, they've been fantastic. And um, also in the law, um, there's... Uh, the sharing of intimate images, which before Coco's Law, you could share yeah. intimate images of, of anyone and it wasn't a criminal offence, offence which is shocking. But now you can't share or even threaten to share an intimate image of someone with or without their consent on or offline. So okay. it's zero tolerance. Um, if you do, um, you will be prosecuted. Now, there is people in prison right now, right this second, um, under Coco's law. Um, and there's so many up for prosecution and there's so many under investiga- investigation. So, um, so it is, it's starting to kick off more. You know, it, it, it takes time. The guards have to learn these laws. The judges have to learn it. And the solicitors have to learn it. But now it's starting to, to take. So you cannot even threaten to share an intimate image of someone. Anymore. Yeah. With or without their consent on or offline. And then with the people telling you to go and die and hang yourself and kill yourself. That's, do you know, when, when, when people bully you that much and it's in your head already and, you know, and you're depressed, you're sad, you're, you're everything. And then they're constantly telling you to die, to die, to die or, or sending you. Like it's, it's, it's huge. You know, that's really bringing your mental health down. Um, so, yeah, you can be. And pe- some of the, 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 the students in the class, they say, well, I'm only 15, like, yeah, I, I, can I be prosecuted? Yeah, you can, because it's, it can be from 18 on up, yep. or a severer yep. penalty. But um, it's Coco's Law is from age 12 on up, or the juvenile. Yes. So it's from age 12. So people that think, yeah, and you always get that one in the glass. Yeah. You know, I tell you, no, <laughs> yeah, you can't. Yeah. This, <laughs> no, 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 Take his name down. Yeah, yeah. But even the talks that I do, I mean, Literally, you could hear a pin drop in uh, in 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 the classrooms, you know, because I don't sugarcoat it. I yeah. don't. I I tell it as it is, you know, because there's no point going in and sugarcoating and yeah, not really around in circles, you know, with that little white pick a fence in your garden and roses yeah. and stuff. No, it's not like that. So um, I go in and and hit a hard and you know, but yeah, that's what he said, you know, yeah, your body can kill, has killed. The whole the whole time throughout this talk really, but especially there, I, I'm not going to try to say the quote 
Adam said it the other day. I hope you can remember it. But it was something uh, to do with die twice. Somebody dies twice, yeah. So say people die twice once when you actually die, and then the second time, the last time, someone mentions your name. Yeah, and I think what you've done, Carl, will live out forever. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, definitely. That's an admission. I'm going to die twice. I'll always be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is uh, like. You know, everyone's different and everyone deals with grief different and stuff. Now, and some people don't talk about it. That's never happens in their family. I mean, the colleague still gets Christmas presents um, from my family. Like, and it might be just from my family. It might be just like a little bauble thing, yeah. our name on it from, yeah, or, yeah, on yeah. the Christmas tree or anything. And it was our birthday there in September and, and my mum bought her this little twirly little merry-go-round thing that played music for Chris Brown. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and so she's still... He's still, and, and when Nicole died, I didn't get her buried. I didn't bring her to a graveyard because um, we were so close. And I didn't want to leave her in the cold and the dark on our own in in the graveyard. And yeah. um, I just couldn't do that. Like I, so I, I, I got her cremated. So she's actually in the house with us. And I don't know, it's just, everyone's different, you know, but, yeah. but I, I'm in, and then if I had to get her buried in Dublin, would I move to? Yeah, yeah, like, I wouldn't yeah, want to leave her there yeah, again and stuff. So, uh, so it's just, I don't know. She's with, I, but her name will always be G. So in the book, it, yeah. She has her own legacy. And, bit, like, I don't, and Nicole, she was kind of, she's always, she never liked attention than the man. And then she was like, ma. Or either that or she'd go, you jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's unreal. Unreal vision. Closing tradition, yeah. So, we're going to give you a pass. You don't have to answer. Yeah, I don't Yeah, so don't worry about your question. That's like spaghetti and that. Well, I not actually think. We, we do. Unless you have to. Oh, yeah, but for now, Arna. We would like, if you could, leave a question for the next guest to answer. Any question. Yeah. Anything about life. I don't know. I can't do that. <laughs> what have we had so far? So, the first one was. Uh, I, when I do it into my brain, it's just. Yeah. So the force was what's your five year plan, I think, is it? Yeah, and he was what's your five year plan. Kane was what's your short short term goals. Yeah, and if they later on long term goals. Jay was how big would you dream if you knew you couldn't fail? Oh, did you hard? You give me something else line and then I'll fail. No, seriously. Is there a question that you ask the kids, say, when you go around speaking. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose I could say, yeah, um, what would you do in a case if your child is being bullied or what would you say to um, a person that you know is bullying someone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think raising the awareness around those things yeah. is where it all starts. Yeah. Trying to get those messages, especially the kids, trying to get that message out as early and as young as possible. Because as you said, with Nicole, this wasn't kids. This was fully grown adults. And you know, I, I noticed as well, like a lot of them, um, it starts in primary. A lot of it as well, in, in, especially in fifth and sixth, like, you know, they're finding themselves and stuff. And then that, they bring, they yeah. bring it into secondary then. And yeah. um, and it's just, I don't know, it's, it, it all boils down to jealousy and, do you know if you're if you're good looking people hate that if you're good at sports people can hate that if you're good in uh, in school people can hate that do you know if someone is just jealous of you or think you're doing better than them or whatever it's it just it's just a jealousy thing or the power of having been the leader of the pack and having the 
the group behind you because it's so much easier having a group behind you than than targeting someone on your own. And yeah, it's and they are getting younger. Bullies are getting younger as well, but also suicides getting younger. Yeah, there was one in Ballymun recently, like a thirteen-year-old or something like that. Yeah, I actually um, when I lost Cole, um, I didn't know where to go. I I found a group called Hulk. Um, now we don't go into hugging each other. Hug is healing, untold, grieving group. But it's a group that for um, people who have lost someone by suicide only. No traffic accident or cancer, just suicide. And the, the facilitators also have to have lost someone by suicide. So you only, so they'll understand what, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, what the people go through. And uh, I actually... Um, while I was campaigning for Coke as well and I I was actually I trained to be Are you more busy enough for it? I, <laughs> I have to sit where I can yeah. I, I, I just can't sit with my own thoughts okay, I have to um, and I trained to be I did weekend courses went away and did weekend courses and trained to be a facilitator um, in Hulk and so myself and another girl um, ran the a uh, whole group in the Maldon Hotel in Tallaght, you know, across yep. from Shamrock. Yeah, the stadium, yeah. So we had a, so I was facilitating people who have lost people by, by suicide, even though yeah, yeah. it was good for me as well, because I was learning. Yeah, it was stuff as well, like, so. So yeah, so that was another thing that I thought I needed to do. <laughs> <laughs> you have some CV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and never white coat to coming together. But uh, I don't know. I, I, at the moment, I'm maintaining. That's yeah. what I'm doing. I'm not, I always say I'll never move on, and I won't. I'll never move on because that's like I'll move on. You know, move on. But I have moved forward. Yeah. If that makes sense. And there's a huge difference between moving on and moving forward. And it's only when you look back on what you've done or how far you've come that you realise that you, yeah, you have actually move forward yeah but I hate that term like move on because you can't just move on I have I have one more question and then anytime we say last question is it the end of the show <laughs> I, I always have no I have one more <laughs> but I just want to ask what's your favourite thing to do is this oh okay. so my favourite thing is um, is actually photography and the guy that that um, kept me here that kept me alive and wouldn't be here only, only for him. And he, one day, we were going on to do a school talk. He does the school talks with me. And so that, and we stopped off in Kilkenny or something on the way to, to a school. And um, he was always trying to find me a, a way to distract, like, yeah, yeah. say, Nicole's anniversary or something, something to, and he actually put a camera in my hands. He was doing photography and he put a camera in my hands. He said, just take a picture of whatever. And I actually took a pretty cool picture to the road. I never take the picture before. So then I started, he started getting me into it. And then, so now we go out in the morning, say, at like stupid o'clock in the morning, and we go into town and, and take photos or anywhere. And so I'm, I, I love it. It's, a, it's, it's great for your head. But not only that, but we, we do a challenge where um, one day I have to take product photography, say, um, or then another day landscape, and then another day. So it's, and this is a challenge, so you have to get up and go out and take a landscape or yes, so yeah. so it's 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 getting you up, it's getting you yeah, out. And yeah. then you, you have to edit door and stuff and all whatever, but it's it's been great. That's that's I I I love it. And it's been it's it's just great for you. Great answer. <laughs> One last thing actually, this is not this isn't a question by the way, Jackie. This is because I 
heard on a different podcast that you were on that everything you do is more or less self-funded. Is that right? Like in terms of like travel around and uh, going to schools, like doing yeah. that stuff. I have, um, yeah, I have a charity um, set up now called Coco's Heart Educating Against Bullying. And it's just funded me for Diesel and um, do like I do. The mansion in Cortano. I do cook, go away. I, I'm, I'm, most of my talks seem to be over in the West anyway, you know, and, and it's traveling. So now with the, with the uh, charity, I can, I can stay over in, in the bed and breakfast or whatever instead of, because what I used to do is just say, drive to Galway, do my talk, which drains the light. Yeah, out of me. The, the talk kills me oh then I might be driving and then I drive back and then the next day I might go to Sligo and then I drive back to so now with the parody it's it's literally to help me yeah. Yeah. and with with diesel or or or, or food or staying over and stuff like that. Excellent. So I, I just use that to so I can keep Oh point of sense. is it cool if we share the links and stuff and if people could oh, donate yeah. or whatever yeah, else. Yeah. Yeah, so although no, that'd be that'd be fantastic. Yeah, just anyone fundraising, you know, that someone did the 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 marathon and they did the day. Any any fundraising that they're doing, they keep and um, cook as heck. Couldn't go to a better woman. Jackie, thanks so much for oh, coming and sharing everything. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and to to share your story and yeah, just just thank you for your strength and your resilience for showing up and sharing this message. And really appreciate. It. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me.